What's happening? We'll tell you right now on This Week in Cannabis News. Another edition of This Week in Cannabis News with David Wiley from OkanaganZ.com slash OZ. You can sign up uh, for their newsletter. Check out uh, stories on the website about the cannabis industry. And you can follow them on Twitter at OkanaganZ and at Wiley Ryder. David, it's great to be back. Uh, both of our households have been petri dishes of sickness as of late. So it's good to chat with you again. Yeah, that's a that's a good way of putting it. It's been a rough start to the to the new year, so I'm hoping that uh, all this all this cold and all this flu is behind us. For sure. Uh, well, good news uh, is that uh, Afria is continuing to arrow up, as uh, Tom Rennie, former head coach of the Edmonton Oilers, would say when he was talking about something positive. Um, there's been a lot of negativity in the cannabis industry, but not with these guys. No, the Avery is being dubbed by some actually as a as a cannabis unicorn. It seems like they're they can do no wrong in some ways. Uh, when you think about the, this company, they own brands, uh, recognized brands like Soleil, uh, Riff, Good Supply, and uh, maybe most uh, most famously Broken Coast, which has definitely been leaving its mark on the mm-hmm. cannabis industry. And they have reported some pretty strong numbers, especially in the way that this sector has been performing as of late. And that includes a revenue for adult use cannabis at $29 million. And that's an increase of 46% from their previous quarter. Uh, also notably, they have about $500 million in cash. And that's uh, said to be something that would help them to survive any future downturn in the sector. And uh, it's also handy to fund their planned growth in Canada and internationally. So CFO Carl Merton, he said on a conference call that uh, APRI is actually looking at returning money to its shareholders through Hmm. dividends. So if you've got stock in APRI, there's something to look forward to. Um, On, you know, on a bad note, of course, they did cut their revenue forecast. uh, So that's, uh, that's down. And uh, on that news, shares did trade down after the report. Stock closed uh, at about six and a half dollars, and that was down from about eight and a half dollars in Canadian markets. So it's a, an interesting company to watch, and uh, and a lot of people are definitely betting some of their money on it. Well, it's an interesting time in the cannabis industry, and by no means am I a, a stockbroker, but. Um, I don't think this business, uh, this industry is going away. Uh, It's going to get stronger as it grows. And the hard part is picking the company to grab onto for the ride. And you hope that, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't go the way of some of the other companies, unfortunately, we've talked about in in the past. Um, But this seems like one of those companies that is so stable right now that as long as they don't try to bite off more than they can chew, they should steadily grow and, and people maybe should be, you know, not that we're giving out stock advice, but look into this company. Yeah, definitely. If you're looking at an overnight payday, yeah, uh, this is no longer the industry to be investing in. And this is definitely more of a long-term look. And again, I'm not a stockbroker myself. This just comes from, you know, a lot of reading about uh, the industry and the market. And that seems to be the sense that that if you're holding long, then now's a now's a good time to be looking at you know at, at how companies are performing. 
The other story, one of the other stories we're going to chat, chat about right now is Bud over booze in Canada as uh, beer consumption has declined. And one of the reasons is they think the legalization of cannabis is taking a bit out of the alcohol industry. It, it may not sound like much, but beer consumption has fallen by about 3% during the first full year of legalization. When you're looking at a multi-multi-billion dollar industry, 3% is a heck of a hit. And we can expect beer's bloodletting to gush even more this year. That's because cannabis drinks are going to become available in the near future. And there's there's a lot of uh, belief that those drinks are going to become a big disruptor to the alcohol industry. And, I mean, alcohol companies seem to have suspected this trend for some time now, and the big ones have been setting up partnerships with cannabis companies. Mm-hmm. We've got Constellation Brands, which is deeply invested in canopy growth. Uh, Anheuser-Busch is in with Tilray. Molson uh, Coors has a partnership with Hexo. So it's uh, there is a little bit of hand-holding happening here. Um, you know, people who are switching to cannabis over alcohol generally say that uh, cannabis tends to make them more introspective and more patient, while alcohol tends to make them more boisterous and more impulsive, uh, you know, more open to doing silly things. And it, it, it feels better to them. That's, that's the way it is for me. I much prefer the way that cannabis makes me feel. It tends to make me feel creative. Well, alcohol tends to make me a kind of a dick, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So I much prefer to smoke myself or, you know, edibles or whatnot. Um, the, the challenge here is that alcohol comes with its own built-in social life. And when it comes to cannabis, there's really nowhere to use it in public. There's no cannabis bar to go to. And in fact, BC isn't even allowing event permits for cannabis. Mm. You can't advertise in pubs. There's nowhere really to go and gather together and have a good time. So that's creating this environment where cannabis users are becoming real homebodies. And one of the trends that we're seeing uh, at the end of last year, even moving into to this year, is that more and more people are having house parties and opening up their homes to their friends. and and, you know, getting social that way, that's going to have an interesting impact, not just on alcohol sales, but also on people going to bars and to clubs, I think. And, and that's what we're going to see is that people are just going to have uh, more of a more of a homebody kind of social life. Well, it's so interesting. You, you, you mentioned 3% might not sound like a lot, but when you look at the average from 2014 to 2018 was dropping only 0.3%. This has to make uh, alcohol companies take notice. And, and like you said, some of them have, uh, have uh, plans in place already. Uh, but the alcohol industry in general is has to be so happy right now with the regulations that are in place for cannabis. I mean, you watch the Super Bowl coming up and you'll see 50 Budweiser ads. Uh, you'll never see anything about cannabis even in a, uh, a store window. Um, so, uh, you know, the they... The regulations are on alcohol side right now. For how long, I don't know. Um, you know, if, if you really want to keep it out of hands of uh, kids, and, and then I commend that and everything, then do it with alcohol like you did it with tobacco and like you're doing it with cannabis because we both know, and listen, we're big advocates, but we both know which is the healthiest choice of the three. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and anyone who lives anywhere near downtown in a city or a bar knows what happens at two o'clock in the morning when those places let out. So I, I'd love to see a cannabis lounge open up and then see what happens when that place lets out at 2 a.m. I can only imagine it would be a real quiet walk home, maybe a little bit of giggling happening. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you and, and a heck of a boon for any kind of taco truck that's sitting out there, that's for sure. Oh, my goodness. Those hot dog stands or whatever they be, they'd be uh, retiring on beaches if they allowed that. <laughs> okay, uh, one of the stories that we're going to talk about this week is buyer beware and and you and i have chatted about this when it comes to when it when it came to the uh distillate vape crisis that was going on in the states and in in canada because of black market online companies and there is a a a bc customer that is out almost 525 dollars because this company apparently has vanished (laughs) or have they or i don't know yeah that seems to be a big mystery. If you you know if you frequent forums that discuss cannabis, you'll you'll instantly recognize people who buy from mail order marijuana companies because they'll staunchly argue that legal cannabis is a ripoff compared to unregulated growers that it's just not up to snuff. But what they often gloss over is the frequency of people actually getting ripped off by illegal dealers, and the risk is there. And this is a story that really highlights that because when when you're ripped off by uh, by a mail order marijuana company, there there's no repercussions, and yet hilariously, that didn't stop this one disgruntled black market customer from filing a complaint with the Better Business Bureau. Mm-hmm. Yeah, over five hundred twenty four dollars uh, product that was never delivered. So the customer complained about uh, about this BC based Bud Express now is what they're called, um, and they they. Never gave a refund, even though she told them that she didn't receive the the product. They did give her a Canada Post tracking number, and when she contacted Canada Post, they said, "No, we've never we've never received this package." Now, I got to say, hats off to the Better Business Bureau that actually tried to resolve the dispute. Yeah. So they they'd contacted this company or tried to anyway, and just didn't get anywhere. They told business in Vancouver that, you know, it's really, like you said, it's buyer beware. When you're dealing with businesses that aren't legitimate, you run a serious risk. And they're not, they're not abiding by rules. They're not by, abiding by legislation. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, you know, even to start with, they're operating outside of any of that framework. So the umbrella protection that you get as a consumer, uh, you don't have there. And that, that is one of the, the great bonuses of legalization to cannabis consumers is that we have consumer protection now. And, you know, if, if in one case like, uh, on the East Coast where your, your cannabis package was uh, filled with nuts and bolts, yeah, exactly. for, for instance, you know, you can get a refund or you can have that product swapped. Uh, if you're dealing with a company that doesn't operate within consumer protection, well, you're out of luck. That's exactly it. You you unfortunately um, run the risk of, of, in most cases, not getting a lot of feedback. And, and you're right. Uh, for the Better Business Bureau to go investigate uh, a non-regulated, illegal uh, setup is, is kind of amazing. This is what I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand why these companies can get away with this. I mean, 
you know the 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 dispensaries that were in BC are a little bit of a different story. Those uh, the the shops that were, you know, I've been to some in Victoria where you walk in and you know fill out a form and you buy twenty five dollars worth of giant chong joints and it's like, wow, how does this exist when it doesn't in Alberta? I don't understand how these online companies still exist in this world of legalization. I don't know how they. I do not know how they get away with it, David. It, I think that part of the reason is that they're tough to track down. Um, the mail order ones, anyway. The BC government says that it's working with the federal government to try and shut down a black market cannabis sales online. Uh, you know, a lot of those companies do accept credit cards, um, so banking is actually federal jurisdiction, mm. and that's why they have to work with that level of government. And you know, here we go. We just get into layer upon layer of bureaucracy. I think that that's part of the problem here is that when you're trying to shut something down like that, you know, whose responsibility is it? And everyone wants to pass that buck off to someone else. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's a, it's a, it's a weird uh, situation that we're in right now. Um, We're also in a bit of a weird situation other than it being minus 50 here in Alberta (laughs) right now. Um, But edibles are just now, arriving in stores and you know i've talked to some retailers that said uh you know they're almost out already others haven't received them yet it's weird they they did a lottery with the 397 retail stores can you believe it almost 400 stores in alberta so they did a lottery and uh only some people only got a little uh, amounts but they're going so fast. You guys have had them for a while. We don't get vapes for a while. We don't get drinks yet. Um, we only have chocolate, chocolates and um, uh, chewables. I guess that's what we have to call them because they're not allowed to call them gummies. But that's what they are. But <laughs> w- what's your experience so far with the uh, the edibles? Uh, I've had a little bit of chowy wowy chocolate, which was delicious and had uh, really, really good effects for only 10 milligrams, I thought. Uh, but what's your experience been? Uh, it's been available here since about Christmas Eve, and uh, generally the same selection uh, that's in other provinces. I've uh, been playing around a lot with edibles and really enjoying them for the most part. Uh, I've tried some of the Tweed Baker Street peppermint chocolates, which was pretty good. Uh, I've had, you know, Aurora, a bunch of stuff from Aurora, their spearmint chillers. Uh, those are actually one of my favorites. Huh. The, you these mints that they're selling, and they're they're small. They're only two milligrams each, which I guess you know falls into those regulations. Um, but they're they're really they're really nice to have on hand. And uh, uh, what else have I tried? Yeah, uh, the foray chocolates that are out now are interesting because they're they're very small. So where you'd get uh, maybe an Aurora Drift product or a Tweed Baker Street product that has four or five big chunks of chocolate and, you know, up to almost 200 calories in each one of these bars. The foray ones are just bite-sized, 10 milligrams and about 60 calories each. What I found is that, uh, you know, it takes about 20 milligrams for me to get a half-decent buzz. Mm -hmm. And I feel, just for science, I think I might experiment to see just how many of these chocolates I can eat before thinking, whoa, I better stop. (laughs) but, you know, a lot of people have, have joked that the, the biggest risk now with edibles is diabetes because of how much you do have to eat and how many calories there are. And just to qualify that, everyone is different. 
I have friends who uh, can have one or two pieces of chocolate, you know, 2.5 milligrams each, uh, and be off to the races. They're feeling they're feeling great. But for me, I think that I have a little bit higher tolerance. Um, it does get processed a little bit differently too. It goes through the liver. So every person is different. And uh, we, by the way, we've, we've also had those uh, those vapes here. And my goodness, are they uh, are they ever potent? It's like being hit by a hammer. Those things. You got to be really yeah. careful because they're so uh, accessible. They're so discreet. Uh, there's no smell, uh, so you got to be careful. Uh, it's not like smoking a joint. It's not. I'm new. I'm new to this whole uh, vaping side of things, and you know, I wasn't sure it was working when I was when I first tried it. I hit the uh, the San Rafael uh, Tangerine Dream disposable one was my first try, and uh, I, I didn't know how to turn it on. Apparently, you basically just puff on it, mm-hmm. but I didn't know that. So I must have hit it 12, 13, 14, 15 times before I realized, oh, this is actually working. Yeah, you're, a, and, you're like uh, a cannabis rookie. My goodness. <laughs> it was uh, it was really something. I, I was staring at the wall for a little while, just caught my own uh, caught my own thoughts. It was it took me back to my early days, that's for sure. Yeah, they are. Uh, they, you, you do have to definitely be careful. And uh, anytime you're trying something new, you have to. Uh, experiment with it uh, uh, slowly and, and make sure. Now, you are a, a veteran, so I know you're not going to be um, uh, concerned and, and things like that. But there are people that when they first start, if, if they don't have a lot of experience with it, it, it could be... Uh, it could be an uncomfortable ride, so uh, they mm-hmm. are a little bit different. But um, it's it's great that we have this, and and you know that's why uh, shows like mine and uh, other shows out there have some good education, and, and even in the retail stores, um, you know, you can get some good advice from the people working to make sure that. Uh, you do enjoy the ride as there's going to be much more things. Some of the drinks that are coming out and the teas I'm really excited about. So uh, I'm looking forward to Alberta. It's weird. We have almost 400 stores, but we're way behind uh, when it comes to season two. (laughs) And, you know, great advice too that, that going slow and figuring out how these, these things do affect you. I I think that that's definitely key. Um, It's, and it's an adventure. I mean, look at it that way. If you go out and you and you get some chocolate, or you get some uh, get the vapes or beverages when they're when they're out and available, you just enjoy the ride. Take your time and see how each one of these things affects you. Yeah. Well, as I said with my previous guest on this show, when you do when you eat an edible, and you get to the point where you think, "Wow, ah, this isn't affecting me yet. I want to have some more." Wait a half an hour more. That's my advice. When, when you think you should have more, if you're new to edibles, if you think you should have more because it's not hitting you, wait another 30 minutes and it'll probably kick in in that point. Yeah, it's, that's good advice. I, I also find that I tend to feel it more when I'm laying down. Mm. So if you're not feeling it, lay down, close your eyes, see what happens. There we go. David, thank you as always for joining me on this week on Cannabis News. You can uh, follow David at Wiley Writer. You can follow Okanagan Z at Okanagan Z and check out the website, okanaganz.com slash OZ. Thanks again, David. We'll talk next week. Great to talk to you, Dean.